chemistry of the intolerable to be honest i have actually paraphrased for the purpose of my title the famous closing words of madam curie in her nobel prize acceptance speech in 1911 while talking of radioactivity and unstable elements she described at length about the disintegration of radium and polonium and the difficulties that she faced in separating them from huge quantities of pitch blend that led her to call her field of study as the chemistry of imponderable i took the liberty of paraphrasing because the subject matter in this post based on personal interactions is also pertaining to chemistry and instability of relationships marriage i have a sick f- friend who is street smart practical and a happy soul who thinks straight without many ifs or buts in life he had married much before i crossed that milestone years before when his younger brother was of a marriageable age the search was on for a suitable bride for him we are aware that for marriage alliances there are many factors that are weighed by different parties but in this instance the younger brother was particularly and sharply focusing on beauty of the prospective life partner i do not blame him for that there were plenty of marriage offers because the boy was well settled but the problem was that he was not settling down on a particular girl because of the elusive search for a real beauty maybe of the catwalk grade even after frantic recce and many formal visits to various girls families arranged through marriage brokers and otherwise things were not making any headway probably fatigue and despondency were also setting in my friend's parents who were naturally anxious to fix the alliance at the earliest it was at such a critical moment that my friend sat his brother down and gave a golden advice in his boisterous punjabi lexicon oye yaar do not bother much about beauty shooty in a girl let me tell you that after a decade of any marriage all sadarnis and wives look alike instead of saying it poetically in an elder brotherly way that beauty is ephemeral or skin deep or that one should dwell on the beauty of the heart his advice was no nonsense type and bereft of all delicacies but sane nonetheless there was a senior colleague in service from another cadre who opted in forest academy while undergoing training for cbm cadre based marriage an acronym well known among the government servants of all india services 
For those who are not aware of the service rules, let me inform that members of All India Service are allotted cadres randomly and they are to work in that cadre throughout the service unless they go on deportation to other states for a limited period. In a way, they are wedded to the allotted state and that is how you find officers of different parts of the country in any state bureaucracy. The rationale behind this is to ensure national integration and the assumption that officers from other states will not succumb to local vested interests once the backing of central government is given to them. Now, if a man and a woman in All India Service are allotted different cadres and they get married after cadre allotment, Government of India cannot be a mute bystander to keep them separated in different places when fate has otherwise bonded them together. Under these circumstances, both husband and wife are given the same cadre to work in with certain caveats about the choice of the common state to which both of them will be allotted. It is an entirely different matter that this arrangement overlooks the fact that familiarity breeds contempt, even among married couples. There may be a need to repeal this provision, keeping in mind that absence makes heart grow fonder. Sometimes officers use this clause of cadre allotment as a tool to get their difficult and remote cadre changed, which is otherwise almost impossible, by marrying another officer of a different cadre, and therefore such marriages are called CBM, where the immediate outcome is clearly defined and tangible. So I met this CBM gentleman after five years from passing out from the Forest Academy in a refresher training program and while we talked about various developments in our life, the conversation veered to marital life too. I was surprised when he told me, after a couple of years of married life, it is difficult to tolerate one's wife. So much so that one cannot even have a cup of tea peacefully in the same room with her. I noted that his exasperation was peaking even before the proverbial seven-year itch period was over after his wedding. I could visualize the power struggle of the power couple in their home but did not know which spouse to sympathize with. I was too young and naive in such matters. Only much later, I read that Osho had said that marriage is an institution where it is perfectly legal for both spouses to keep on torturing each other. The above conversation was in a stark contrast with another one 
that I had read years later when I was going through a survey report in Rajasthan by an NGO who was working for women welfare. Rajasthan, like few other North Indian states, has a male-dominated society with poverty and a lack of development. It had earned earlier, unenviably, its place among Bimaru states. Bimaru stands for Bihar, Madhya Pradesh, Rajasthan and Uttar Pradesh. The NGO was trying to study the incidence of domestic violence, women disempowerment and oppression. In the course of the survey, the NGO representative came across a village woman who was working hard in rearing cattle to earn livelihood for her family. However, she was physically abused by her drunkard husband who thrashed her at regular intervals. In a friendly chat, the NGO representative asked this woman as to why she tolerated domestic violence even after putting such hard labor and what stopped her from deserting her husband. The middle-aged woman replied coolly, Are, ek janam hi to bitana hai is mardood ke saath. Kaun saath janam bitane hai? Why bother? I need to spend only one life with my abusive husband and not seven lifetimes. She was alluding to seven lifetimes because among Hindus there is a belief that one gets married to the same person at least seven times in different rebirths. A rationalist will, of course, rebel against her view qualifying it as a helpless pessimism. However, her acceptance of the prevailing circumstances must have put her at peace because of the hope in future lives. I contemplated how the village woman seeped in the culture and rituals around her had the forbearance to only accept the beliefs of rebirths but she deftly rejected the conviction of bonding in a marriage to the same person for many lifetimes. The other day, I was having a conversation with a young career girl of a marriageable age who confided that she was not ready for any compromise in a forthcoming marriage. I asked her tentatively about her reaction if I substituted the word compromise with another positive word, adjustment, but she rejected my proposition as merely semantics. She argued forcefully that her friend, married in some foreign land, has happily shared with her that there is no compromise in marriage in the country where she has settled. I carried the conversation further by asking, there must be some pros and cons in the model of that marriage in the other country too. In any case, one cannot have another country's model in our country. To have that experience in entirety 
one will have to settle there. I had no fault divorce of Australia and free marriage concept in mind when I put forth my view. The interaction ended inconclusively, but I was reminded of Oscar Wilde's witty-cum-cynical remark, the proper basis of marriage is a mutual misunderstanding. During this Navratra week, I was at a grocery shop when a lady, past 50, arrived and greeted the shop owner, Jay Annapurna Devi. The shopkeeper responded reverentially with the same greeting. I was surprised when the lady claimed with a big hearty smile, Hambi Annapurna hai bhai. I am also Annapurna. Now the man at the counter, hardly in his late thirties, displaying his acumen for astute customer handling, corroborated in all humility. Aap bilkul sahi hai. Hum to un sabhi istriyon ko annapurna maantte hai, jo paanch saal se upar grehsti chala rahi hai, varna to aajkal choti choti baaton par parivar toot jate hai. You are absolutely right. I consider all women who have been raising families for five years as Annapurna. Else, relationships are breaking down for flimsy reasons nowadays. A feminist would probably frown at this way of thinking and call it emotionally exploitative for women. For me, it was another earthy vision of marriage in our country. I walked back home realizing that it was rightly said by someone that present day India lives simultaneously in many centuries with a huge diversity of lifestyles, beliefs and opinions. Thank you.